with the, the wonderful staff at KBOO, and, and we want to thank all of our listeners um, and, and let you know that we are always trying to change with the times and bring the best we can to you. Yes, we are. Molly, David, Wade, thank you, callers. We, we're going to keep this thing keeping on. Your cable will always be here for you. Yes, indeed. All right, so let's sign off now. Next week. Ricky Bob signing off. Might be back next Thursday. We'll see. This is KBOO, your community radio, KBOO Portland. Coming up, we'll have Fight the Empire with special guest host, Per Fagring. And um, so, Per, if you've had some trouble getting through, please keep trying, and we will get the program going ASAP. And thank you to Reggae Bob for turning us on to Third World with their version of Now That We Found Love from 1978. We're going to keep that rolling in the meantime. Yes, even when it's a slightly different arrangement and a different performance, you know what that music means. It's Press Watch. I look behind the video veil of media manipulation 
at the news you're not supposed to know this week with special guest host Per Fogring. Well, good morning. I'm filling in for Teresa this uh, today. And, uh, well, let's start out with a little... <laughs> this is a weird story from... Uh, this is back in uh, uh, 2017, I believe. And uh, the um, Christy Nome, who's now the governor of South Dakota, uh, she was uh, visiting the Oval Office uh, back in January 2017, and she... Uh, described a uh, her visit with uh, with Donald Trump I believe anyway the point is that uh, the Donald Trump has um, she uh, she met uh, she met Donald Trump and she shook his hand and she said Mr. President you should come to South Dakota sometime we have Mount Rushmore and he goes do you know it's my dream to have my face on Mount Rushmore well, can you imagine that? Uh, can you imagine Donald Trump's face carved into Mount Rushmore along with Washington, Jefferson, uh, Lincoln, and Teddy Roosevelt? Well, it probably won't happen, <laughs> not only because the idea is so outlandish, but apparently there's there's no more room left on the mountain. They'd have to give him a separate mountain, I guess. But anyway, Donald Trump really has, uh, had his dream of having his face up there with the others. Uh, I bring this up because he is planning on uh, visiting Mount Rushmore on July 3rd, you know, to celebrate Independence Day and the uh, sort of part of the kickoff of his campaign for re-election. So that is, uh, <laughs> that is our kind of outlandish uh, uh, statement for today. Uh, well, you know, the campaign is going in... Uh, it's, it's moving along, and Joe Biden looks like he is going to be the, uh, you know, he is the front runner. He is, I guess, by now he is the official candidate of the Democratic Party, and he has said that he will uh, pick a a woman as his vice presidential running mate. Well, Joe Biden is seventy-eight, and he is the oldest. If he is elected, he will be the oldest candidate to become president. Uh, and the way Trump is going these days, uh, his, his campaign seems to be imploding. So it's very likely that Joe Biden will be our next president at the age of 78 or 79. And uh, what this means is that... Uh, there's a good chance that sometime in the next four years his health will uh, deteriorate and he uh, he might resign. And thus we have a woman president. Kind of, uh, this would seem, in a way, it's a very good thing. But it might depend a little bit on who she is and what her goals are sort of the uh, the top uh, contenders, the ones, the names that I hear most mentioned to be uh, Joe Biden's running mate are Elizabeth uh, Warren and Kamala Harris. Another one is uh, Susan Rice. And she is the uh, national, she was a national security advisor under President Obama. And she was also uh our representative of the United Nations. So, she, yeah, she's very, you know, she is one of the um, candidates uh, who was never really elected. She, she's never before been elected to uh, political office, but she has some very powerful backers. Uh, one of them is Representative uh, Jim Clyburn of South uh, South Carolina, and he is the uh, the man who kind of nudged Biden ahead of Bernie Sanders back when they were uh, both candidates. And his, uh, his, he's a very influential member of Congress, and uh, his sort of backing uh, put Biden 
ahead of Sanders, and uh, of course now Biden is the candidate. Uh, one thing that Rice, uh, Susan Rice, uh, talked about, she uh, one good thing she uh, said is that she's uh, warning, and she and others are warning Israel against annexing uh, the West Bank. If, not so much for the injustice of it, but that it might mess up uh, our uh, cozy relations with Israel. But uh, Susan Rice, uh, not too long ago, uh, blamed Russia for the uh, the protests that are sweeping the country, sweeping the world against police brutality. Uh, the undeniable videos of uh, George Floyd being uh, uh, choked to death uh, has really resonated, has struck a chord, and uh, angered people all around the world. And uh, somehow Susan Rice is blaming uh, blaming Russia for these protests, as if a video of this uh, cop kneeling on uh, on George Floyd's neck is not enough and uh but she uh she points to uh to Russia as the uh, sort of instigator of these uh of these protests and she does not uh she doesn't rely on any evidence she talks about this is sort of she talks about this being in the Russian playbook she has this feeling she has this feeling uh, sort of maybe from her days as national security officer, uh, advisor to uh, President Obama, and she has this feeling that Russia is behind all this. Well, what do you people, what do you folks out there listening to this think? Uh, do you think that uh, this makes any sense? What do you think of the uh, campaign coming along? Uh, the number to call is 503-231-8187. Uh, my name is Per Fogring, and I'm filling in for Teresa. This is uh, this is Press Watch, and uh, we welcome your calls. Um, how do you think? Do you think this scenario of a a woman president uh, is is uh, plausible? It seems to me it is very plausible. The interesting thing about it is that uh, if it happens. It's kind of, uh, it would be uh, Joe Biden's decision that makes it happen. Because I think it's very likely that he's going to win the election uh, and uh, become our next president. And his health uh, has been remarked a lot is that uh, his health does not seem very good. His uh, kind of mental acuity seems to be in doubt among some people. And... uh, if he decides, if he is elected, and he decides that he cannot fulfill the uh, fulfill the office, and he decides to resign, whoever he picks as vice, as his uh, vice presidential uh, running mate will become our next president, and it's a very good chance that it will be a woman. I can imagine uh, Hillary Clinton kind of. <laughs> maybe outwardly smiling, but gnashing her teeth because I think for a long time she felt that this job was hers and she's been kind of, I wouldn't say cheated out of it, but she, uh, I don't know, I sort of wonder what her feelings would be if, uh, if say, Susan Rice becomes, the, uh, becomes president uh, and Hillary Clinton does not. So anyway... Uh, does that seem like a plausible scenario to you? Give us a call, 503-231-8187. Another thing I'd like to talk about or bring up for a comment is uh, there have been, uh, you know, we've heard lots of, uh, it's been talked uh, <laughs> Oregon's history uh, and Portland's history as far as uh, racial relations goes is not very good. Uh, Oregon, apparently when Oregon became a state, uh, there was actually part of the uh, 
of the compact that uh, made Oregon a state was that uh, black people would not be allowed to live here. And somehow in this discussion, we hear quite a lot that uh, that Oregon is the whitest state in the nation and that uh, Portland is the whitest city in the nation. Well, I did a little checking on that, and it's, uh, it turns out that that's not quite true. And according to a, a Journal of World Population Review, uh, the 10 whitest states in the nation are, starting with number one, Maine, followed by Vermont, West Virginia, New Hampshire, Montana, Iowa, North Dakota, Kentucky, Wyoming, and South Dakota. Those are the 10 whitest states in our nation. Oregon is way down on the list at number 21, with about 76% white people in the state of Oregon. Now, this does not change uh, Oregon's uh, bad history of, of coming into this union as a sort of a refuge for white people. That has not been changed at all, and that is something that needs to be combated uh, because the, the traces of that still linger. Uh, now, as far as cities go, these are the 15 whitest cities in America. Number one is uh, Laredo, Texas. It's a border town. Number two is Hialeah, Florida, which is kind of a, a part of uh, greater, My greater Miami. Then comes Corpus Christi, Texas. Then comes Boise, Idaho. Scottsdale, Arizona, which is a part of Phoenix. Lincoln, Nebraska. Uh, Spokane, Washington. Uh, Mesa, Arizona, which is also part of Phoenix. El Paso, Texas. San Antonio. Lubbock, Texas. Madison, Wisconsin. Colorado Springs, Omaha, Nebraska, and then comes Portland at number 15. So actually, Portland is not the whitest city in the nation. Uh, it is pretty far down the list at uh, number 15. Now, it's possible that uh, when you talk about cities, Atlantic Magazine, which has been uh, uh, writing about uh, Portland being the whitest city, uh, they sort of qualify it. They talk about it as the uh, number one, quote, big city. But uh, a lot of this depends on where you draw the line. Uh, because uh, when you look at the list, it would seem to me that uh, Lincoln, Nebraska is a pretty big city. Uh, so is El Paso and San Antonio and Omaha, Nebraska. Those are all big cities. Uh, Portland may be slightly bigger. I don't know. But anyway, that's how Atlantic Magazine uh, qualifies that sweeping statement. So all this goes to say that uh, while we, you know, we can uh, talk about the racism in Portland, which is still with us, that is not going away, doesn't seem to be. Uh, but uh, I think we should stop calling Portland the whitest city in the nation. Because in a way, it's kind of irrelevant, and it's not quite true. The number to call if you have any comments uh, on this uh, Press Watch show, give us a call, 503-231-8187. I'm really interested in, in how people, uh, how do people see the campaign going? We have uh, Bernie Sanders has been relegated to the, uh, you know, he's a, you, you barely hear of uh, Bernie Sanders anymore. And um, so we are faced with this uh, kind of this uh, 
choice of uh, voting for uh, Donald Trump and just, you know, this sort of, well, it's a lesser evil uh, choice that, uh, you know, people may not like Judge Joe Biden, but compared to Donald Trump, uh, it's the only it's the only really rational choice uh, there is. And I think uh, if, uh, if I were living in a, uh, in a swing state, in a state where the outcome of the election is, uh, is up for grabs, uh, I think I would probably uh, grit my teeth and vote for Joe, uh, for Joe Biden. But I would, uh, I would really resent being put in this position. position. I would really hate it that the sort of the movers and shakers in our political world have uh, have brought about that we have, that we are faced with this really uh, kind of bad choice, this lesser evil choice, and this has sort of been a feature of uh, of American politics because we have what's called a binary system. It's not there are there are two parties. If one uh, if one doesn't if one wins the other one loses, there's sort of no way around it. Voting for a third party has uh, been called wasting your vote. It's been called uh, you know kind of a uh, quixotic uh, statement or whatever. But uh, why should it be? Why are we stuck with uh, just a sort of binary option of between uh, Republicans and Democrats? Uh, in a way, you can consider a uh, uh, consider an election uh, kind of like a a uh, public opinion poll. It um, it's supposed to register how people feel, and when there are, when there are more than one, people, a lot of people obviously feel that uh, that we uh, that there are more than uh, two choices, that there are more options. There should be more options, and they would like to uh, have their feelings count. But if we're sort of uh, forced into this uh, this binary mold, this uh, that, that 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 third option is closed off, and sometimes for very good reasons. Now, in in Oregon, Port uh, Oregon is uh, very very likely. It's not a swing state. It is not a state where the outcome is really even close. Uh, Joe Biden is uh, is really certain to uh, win the uh, the, the um, Oregon vote in the presidential election. So in this state, it is safe, if that's how you are inclined, to uh, vote for a third party. Voting for a third party in Oregon is not going to... Uh, uh, keep Donald Trump in the White House. So uh, in other states, you know, some of these closest states in the Midwest, uh, voting for uh, a third party might help keep uh, Trump in the White House. So unpalatable as it may be, voting, uh, voting for uh, Biden may, uh, may be a necessary thing to do. My remark that uh, according to FCC uh, regulations, uh, we are not allowed to uh, uh, campaign or uh, ask people to vote for a, a candidate. Uh, we cannot do that. Yeah, people who want to call in, they can uh, they can uh, uh, call in and praise and any candidate they want, but. Uh, we are not allowed to do that. We Speaking can offer our which, advice on uh, on uh, ballot measures, but not on on real live people candidates. So uh, <laughs> anyway, we are. Uh, but for those who feel inclined in Oregon, uh, voting for a third party here is not going to keep Donald Trump in office. You mentioned, uh, Pear, that people can call, and I think you gave out a number, 503-231-8187, and yes, guests can advocate for whatever they wish. Um, they're not limited the way that um, KBU hosts are, because they're the audience, not KBU. Speaking of, we have Kyle on the line. Go ahead, Kyle, you're live. 
Okay, Kyle, good morning. Well, good morning. I couldn't let you just sit there. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I wasn't getting any calls. I'm going, well, I got stuff to say. But nah, I'm not going to call it. It's just too much yeah, What's time. on your mind? What's on your mind? Oh, plenty of stuff on my mind. You know, I mean, the show that's going on is the greatest show on earth. You can't write this stuff. I mean, I've stopped watching political television shows because all i got to do is turn on the news. And it's so rich. Uh, I, I hate to say it, but if you back away from this thing that's going on right now, this is one hell of a story. But, you know, being this that we're all immersed in it, it's not so funny anymore. But, um, you know, uh, comments on, on the elections and stuff, I, I, had, I had a thought that if Elizabeth Warren had never run, uh, you know, which prompts me to think, well, geez, I wonder why she... You know, it could be a conspiracy there, you know. <laughs> I doubt it, seriously. But if she had never run, Bernie Sanders would have had the vote for Elizabeth Warren because I think they're both, their political ideals, ideas were so close that I think that the, that the other Warren party would have come over to Bernie and we would be facing an entirely different question right now. And we would have Bernie running for president, I believe. Mm-hmm. But that's 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 a that's a scenario in the past. It's over with. It's, that's not going to happen. So bury that. Forget it. But you know, it's interesting when you think about that kind of stuff. You know, for a second. And the other thing is, uh, gosh, there's so much. Uh, Russia coming. Russia. You know, I, I don't see any. I I can't really see where. I guess they get on social media and put on fake ads and stuff, but. I haven't really seen much. I guess I don't. I don't get on social media enough to see it. But I guess, and I re, I resigned from face, Facebook because I'm tired of having my face paraded, you know, around for for facial recognition programs to to look at. So you know, I don't really get a lot of that. So I really don't know what's going on in that in that arena. But uh, uh, he should just butt out. You know, uh, <laughs> that's easier said, right? So I'm not sure where I'm going with all this, but I know that this uh, Donald Trump is is um, openly a criminal. I'm not sure how much uh, I'm, uh, we're so corrupt right now in this government that even with Joe Biden coming in as the president, it's going to take a good four years to, to, to at least to clean up the mess that they've made once again. The Democrats and I and I say that loosely. I'm not a de- I'm a Democrat very loosely, but I. I I'll go further left than the Dem- Democrats. But, uh, you know, if they get in, uh, you know, it's going to take a while to clean this mess up, which is the typical scenario. I mean, yeah, Obama had to come in and clean up after him, and now we've got Biden that's going to probably be in there. And, and that brings me up to the vice presidency. Um, the vice presidency, I would have thought before the race relations issue came up, would have really should have gone to Elizabeth Warren should go to Elizabeth Warren now I think that's up in the air and they'll probably look for probably an African-American woman to do that vice president run for vice president all and all of the candidates except for Rice, I kind of like except uh, you know they're all corporate Democrats so you know there's two types of Democrats there's the left-wing Democrat progressive and there's the corporate Democrat and she's a corporate Democrat you know mm-hmm. uh, and, you know, and I kind of wonder, too, you know... He's also African-American. We might remind all this is a vet. Pardon? Susan Rice is also African-American. True, true. Uh, you know, and I respect that. And she, I think she'd make a good uh, Obama-style president. See, I'm looking at her, and I'm looking at the vice presidency as the presidency. We shouldn't say too loud that Joe Biden is going to probably <laughs> not make it all the way through his term. But that's the truth. I mean, he may mm-hmm. not. And we're going to be, you know, don't give him any ideas, you know. But so we've got these women there, and, I, and all of them are good and qualified. And actually, I think Kamala Harris would be the best because, uh, you know, ex, exiting uh, Elizabeth Warren, who I really love and would love to see. And I think that, you know, a woman's chance to be the president, it should be Elizabeth Warren. But, you know, I respect the fact that this country is in turmoil right now, and it would really be good to put an African-American woman in the, in the in vice presidency, you know, in possible presidencyship. And if we do that, Kamala Harris is the person that I think that I would want, because Kamala Harris is a prosecutor, and she doesn't, she doesn't pull any punches. 
and she's I love her. She just she just fires right back. She has no qualms about uh, turning it around like the other day in the Senate uh, when she put uh, took that senator that tried to sidetrack the issue and she just shut him down in two seconds. That's the kind of person I like to see. And she mm -hmm. did it artfully and well. You know, it wasn't just, uh, you know, saying something crappy. But anyway, that's kind of my whole mouthful of stuff there. I don't know <laughs> we get a discussion out of that, but I'm sure that there's something there. Well, my big concern about uh, Susan Rice, I mean, she's by a capable person, as capable as any of the other uh, can <coughs> uh, candidates, but her remarks about... Uh, you know her feeling that uh, Russia is behind these uh, uh, protests over police brutality. I think it's really kind of outlandish. I mean, it's like uh, she offers no evidence; just her feeling, sort of that this is sort of the the, the Russian playbook or whatever. Uh, but when, when you see the, the the videos that have gone viral all around the world of uh, of this. Uh, uh, George Floyd having the life choked out of him by a policeman's knee. I mean, uh, as if that's not enough to spark uh, outrage everywhere. And uh, why does uh, Susan Rice uh, want to blame Russia for this? I mean, it's, uh, the fact that she wants, the fact that she does, it makes me wonder that, say, if, uh, if Joe Biden wins, becomes president, uh, what uh, uh, the, the Democrats have always had this for a long time now they've had this uh, kind of fixation on Russia and uh it, it's not it's not a healthy thing i mean it's uh it it could very easy, I, I don't think the democrats want to uh want a war with russia i think their strategy they seem to think that by you know we can sort of poke the bear as it were that we can do little things to annoy russia and maybe uh, kind of nibble away at its uh, standing in the world, but uh, but the, and that Russia will not respond. And I think this is uh, this is a very dangerous game they uh, they are playing. And uh, we might recall that uh, under President Obama, uh, Vice President Biden was sort of the point man as far as Ukraine goes, and. Uh, if he becomes president, uh, his um, his attitudes towards Russia and Ukraine uh, uh, may uh, take a big part of a uh, big place in his agenda, which I think is kind of dangerous. So, uh, anyway, are you still on the line, Kyle? We have uh, Susanna. I think is ready to say okay, something. Well, Susanna, are you still with us? Well, let's talk to Susanna. Hi. I have a bunch of comments mm -hmm. on the on the whitest cities. Are they talking about African American or people of color? I found it hard to believe that the border cities of Texas are not highly Hispanic. But that's just my one comment there. Well, um, I, I kind of yeah, I wonder about that. Uh, yeah, go but ahead. I don't want to get off off on that one so much as Susan Rice. I was so dismayed when you mentioned Susan Rice. And why are you mentioning her? I think her comment about blaming Russia of, for the black protest says it all. She was totally behind all of Obama's warmongering stuff, and she's a corporate Democrat. And why in the world is her name suddenly in the pot when there's Stacey Abrams? Mm -hmm. Stacey Abrams is a wonderful black woman, very sharp, mm -hmm. who can be right there toe-to-toe -to -toe with whoever. Um, so I just, as I say, I'm horribly dismayed over Susan Rice's name coming up. Well, um, it, it, I think uh, her name has been uh, sort of put forth by some pretty powerful, influential people. Uh, one is this uh, Representative Jim Clyburn. He is the... Uh, uh, congressman, uh, African American yeah, congressman from Biden South Carolina. Pardon me? Right, right, right. So, what does that mean? That the corporate well, it means state that she's got a lot of backing. Want, <laughs> right, that the corporate state does not want um, Bernie. Period. Mm -hmm. Right. So they mm -hmm. got they railroaded through Biden and got the whole thing going, which the corporate Democrats do over and over again. 
mm-hmm. and now they're putting up Susan Rice as a yeah she's a corporate Democrat. Of course they want her. Mm-hmm. I mean, do we want the continuation of the corporate state? Anyway, that's my comment on that. And and then as for how do we vote, um, ranked choice voting is the solution to mm-hmm. a third party to having other parties. Mm-hmm. I think so. They, yeah. I believe it's uh, they have that in other states, other parts of the country, but uh, not here. Yeah. Yes. I mean, there is a movement in Oregon for ranked choice voting, so hopefully it'll keep gathering momentum and happen. Um, mm-hmm. So I forgot what your last comments were on something, but anyway, those <laughs> are my comments. Mm-hmm. Well, they say, Stacey Abrams, if you want a black woman, we have a wonderful black woman. Um, I think so. Uh, you know, I haven't heard her name mentioned very much lately, uh, but, uh, you know, I think rightfully she should be governor of Georgia. Absolutely, yes. <laughs> lost out there because of all kinds of uh, voter um, intimidation or, uh, you know, the you know, you'd think that voting should be made easier for everybody in a democracy. I believe there are some countries where you don't even have to register to vote. You just go and vote. And uh, why uh, why do we have to register and go through a complicated process just to get our, uh, get our names on the voters' rolls? It uh, doesn't really make a lot of sense. But uh, in some states, was it... Was it uh, Wisconsin or Minnesota, we had long lines of people waiting to vote because uh, there was only one uh, one, one uh, voting uh, station for some uh, big city, and uh, right. And then on different. on Tuesday, hmm? on Tuesday in um, Indianapolis, I mean um, Indiana, that there was a one voting station for Indiana. Oh, that's where it was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean. That was horrible because then you once again had the more corporate Democrat against the um, very progressive Democrat, and the, the you know hopefully he might edge through if they count all the ballots. Will they count all the ballots? I doubt it. As long as the corporate Democrat won, and that the corp- corporate Democrats have been playing the game of how do you steal a, the primary elections from progressives forever. Mm-hmm. And they stole it from Bernie twice, both the, this last time and when he ran against Hillary. Um, so, yeah, no, I, I just, anyway. <laughs> but I need to go, and thank you for your show. No, thanks for calling in. So for <coughs> more people to call in, number is 503-231-8187. What do you think of our binary uh, political system? Do you feel that your uh, voice is being kind of uh, uh, pushed aside? Uh, it's very interesting that when uh, one is it becomes when the powers that be make it difficult to vote, uh, as in Indiana and other places, that this um, this is almost the same thing as denying just denying up front your right to vote makes me think of uh, in the days of uh, segregation in the south where uh, uh, black people were uh, they were effectively denied the right to vote by having to pass a very complicated uh, uh, sort of literacy tests that they would have to uh, answer questions that uh, <laughs> any uh, that most white people could not answer either, and uh, even you know even uh, educated white people would not be able to answer. And uh, this is a way of keeping black people from voting. You know, they, it, it didn't they didn't come right out up front and say, well, we're not going to allow it. They just said, well, to vote you have to pass a literacy test. You know, supposedly you have to be proficient in, in language and all that, but they made these tests so complicated that, in effect, it was the same thing as just uh, uh, just denying your right to vote. 
They just wouldn't be honest and say that's what it was. It's very uh, one little thing that came up with uh, as far as uh, uh, Russian meddling. Uh, uh, this was in uh, you know John Bolton, uh, you know one of the arch warmongers in this country who was uh, he was uh, uh, he was part of uh, Trump's uh, White House team, although he resigned, and right after that he came out with his book sort of exposing uh, what's going on in the Trump White House. And uh, one thing in, uh, in, uh, in Bolton's book, he says that, uh, that President Trump thought it would be, quote, cool to invade Venezuela. He had somehow he had the idea that uh, Venezuela was really part of the United States. I'm not sure what he meant by that. And in some ways, uh, uh, Venezuela has been, uh, you know, it's been part of the U.S. Uh, uh, empire. You know, it's been sort of subservient under the rulers, under the presidents that Venezuela had before uh, Hugo Chavez. Uh, but uh, anyway, apparently uh, Trump thought it would be cool to invade uh, invade Venezuela, but then uh, he got on the phone with uh, Russian President Putin, who uh, told him, no, it would not be so cool to invade Venezuela. That is not a good idea at all. So basically, uh, uh, Putin, this is according to, uh, according to John Bolton, that Putin uh, uh, talked Trump out of this uh, disastrous option. So in this case, I would say uh, a little Russian, uh, call it meddling or calling just a little, uh, injecting a little rationality would be a very good thing. So uh, if uh, if today we, uh, you know, that... Uh, we see that the that the U.S. has not invaded uh, Venezuela. Uh, maybe we have uh, maybe we have uh, Vladimir Putin to thank for that. At least, at least that's according to John Bolton. But I kind of wonder about John Bolton myself. I mean, when you look at his, uh, you know, he's a strange guy. He seems to want to go to war everywhere. Uh, he's not an obvious. Uh, clown like Donald Trump is uh, Bolton. He's very capable. He's he, he is not. Uh, he's not. He's not the uh, kind of narcissist that uh, Donald Trump is. He's been part of the uh, Washington scene now for a long time. And in spite of his uh, his warmongering, he seems to have a. And be well regarded by the movers and shakers in Washington D.C. So, in some ways, uh, people like John Bolton are more dangerous than obvious clowns like Donald Trump. But it's very, <laughs> it's very interesting to me that uh, that we have sort of John, we have Bolton's word for. Uh, uh, the story that uh, that Trump wanted wanted to invade uh, invade Venezuela, but anyway, if people want to call in with their comment on this, uh, the number to call is five zero three two three one eight one eight seven. And Annalise has done that, and I believe is standing by. Annalise, are you with us? Oh yes. Good morning. Go ahead. Sir. You're live on the air. Good morning, Annalisa. Good morning, sir. How are you? Oh, pretty good. How are you doing? Oh, I'm fine. Uh, I'm taking my berries out of my yard and freezing and sharing with my neighbors. Uh, uh-huh. Anyway, um, I wholeheartedly agree with, with uh, one of our callers about Stacey Abraham. Uh, I have seen her in a few interviews, and, I've, and I was always impressed with her, but she is getting stronger and, and stronger, and I think... Uh, she will make the best candidate for vice president and 
besides uh, more more that she will jo keep Joe Biden on his toes and make sure that some policies will be either changed or implemented that are very important uh, to the rest of the country. So yes, Stacey Abrams would have my vote when it comes to that. So mm -hmm. thank you, Pear. Thank you for being there. And uh, stay healthy. Bye. Thank you for your call. Well, it's funny. Uh, I haven't heard her name uh, mentioned very much lately. She seems to Maybe I'm missing a lot of things, but it seems to me that she has, uh, her name has kind of uh, dropped out of the running, uh, at least as far as this sort of the Washington, D.C. kind of shop talk. Uh, you know, the ones you hear most often would be Elizabeth Warren and uh, uh, Kamala Harris and uh, Susan Rice. It, it kind of strikes me as a little odd that Susan Rice is... Uh, that her name keeps uh, coming back, and it's uh, because she has uh, never held elective office. She's always been, uh, uh, you know, in her career, she's been part of uh, think tanks and uh, policy groups, and, uh, you know, she's been uh, in the White House uh, under President Obama, but she has never uh, held elected office. But, uh, with this quirk uh, that I described earlier, it seems to me, and nobody talks about this very much, that uh, if uh, Joe Biden is elected and is, if his health uh, declines, it's, uh, it's quite possible that he may decide to, uh, uh, to uh, resign, and then the vice president automatically steps into the top, the top spot. And, uh, you know, for a long, long time, there's been a political, uh, you know, movement to have a, a woman president, something that should have been done long ago. Uh, but uh, it would seem to be very strange to have this. This would be a very strange way of uh, the United States having its first woman president where a uh, sort of a mediocre candidate like Biden is elected because he's running against a horrible candidate, Donald Trump, and then his health declines, and so it's like a, kind of like a backdoor way of uh, getting a woman into the White House. So this just seems kind of strange to me. If anybody wants to call, we have about 15 minutes left in this show. If people want to call, the number is uh, 503 231 8187. We have Barry on the line. He's been uh, quite patient. Uh, thank okay. you, Barry, for waiting. Uh, go ahead. You're live. Yeah, go on. Good morning. Barry, you there? Yeah. Uh, Democracy Now! This morning, uh, John Stewart has something out of film about about our government, the, the, the structure of our political system. And I, I, I've forgotten the name of it. That would be good to, to look into. But as far as that goes, uh, how is it that Senator Sanders ha got off the ticket? Who was was it? The Democratic Party that took him off, or what? Well, that's uh, I'm, my the, the impression I get is that uh, yep. Sanders was uh, considered sort of the front runner. He was getting big uh, uh, well, big yeah. crowds at his appearances, and then. Uh, this representative uh, Jim Clyburn made some remark. This is, you know, several months back, and Jim Clyburn is a very influential uh, uh, Democratic Party leader, and uh, he sort of talked about uh, Biden, and somehow, and I'm not quite sure of the connections, but it just seemed like when when uh, Jim Clyburn spoke up in favor of Biden, all of a sudden, uh, Bernie Sanders was forgotten. That the, uh, everybody, all the voices that you hear, the voices that count, seem to uh, line up uh, behind Joe Biden. That's the impression I got. Well, well, the, the way I see it is that I'm not going to have somebody tell me I have to vote for someone, and I'm not going to vote for uh, Joseph Biden. He furthered everyone to to attack Iraq 
and, and I don't know that. I think there's a film about it, uh, but uh, I'm not going to vote for him. But who is important is is Senator Bernie Sanders. If if people could write in his name, uh, Bernie Sanders. Mm-hmm. You think? Well, well you, you know, you in, in Oregon, I think Bernie Sanders, his name may actually be on the ballot. Well, I hope so. Just because he I, I think out well, of the race does not mean his name is not on the ballot. So, uh, but, well, well, even to uh, to to uh, draft him into the White House would be a good thing. Mm-hmm. It would be. I don't or, think it's going to happen, but it'd be a good thing. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it'd it'd be better than the decision we have that that's placed before a lot of people that that they feel that they've got to vote for this this guy now up, and and we can vote the way we want to. I feel. Mm-hmm. Well, in in Oregon, I think you can do that without uh, uh, without uh, helping Trump. So, uh, if you're living in say Wisconsin uh-huh. or uh, Illinois. That may not be true, but here in Oregon, if you feel like voting for Bernie Sanders, it's not going to help Donald Trump. So, oh, that's it, right there. Okay, yeah. Well, well, thank you very much, then, huh? Well, thank you for your call. So, if uh, people want to get in on the conversation, uh, we have about ten minutes left in the show. Number to call is five zero three two three one eight one eight seven. Uh, I think one thing that I think if if uh, Biden becomes president, especially if uh, if for some reason he picks Susan Rice as his running mate, uh, I would be very concerned about what uh, what they have uh, what they have in mind as far as dealing with Russia goes um, under. Uh, under President Obama, Joe Biden was the sort of the the point man for uh, for dealing with Ukraine and uh, Russia. And what happened to Ukraine was uh, they had an elected president. His name was Viktor uh, Yanukovych, and uh, he was regarded as being corrupt, which is not unusual in Ukraine. But he was elected. And he, uh, when he was president, this is back in, I think, 2014 or so, uh, he was offered, the uh, Ukrainian economy is in pretty dreadful straits, and he was offered a kind of an aid package from the European Union, and, uh, which involved a lot of austerity. And uh, he was about to uh, accept that, but then uh, Putin offered a, was regarded as a better deal for Ukraine. And uh, so uh, Yanukovych uh, decided to take up uh, Russia's offer of aid, which involved less austerity. And uh, it was right after that that these street protests began in Kiev, the capital of Ukraine and the so-called Maidan uh, revolt, which was uh, heavily uh, pushed by the U.S. You might remember pictures of uh, Victoria Nuland out there in the streets passing out uh, cookies to the uh, these uh, sometimes violent protesters. And so uh, Yanukovych was uh, sort of driven out of office. We keep reminding people he was elected, and he was driven out of office and, uh, you know, threats of violence. And uh, this is like a coup. It really was. And so uh, the, the this kind of uh, the president, you know, this this meddling in, uh, in Ukraine and uh, along the borders of Russia, I think... Uh, it could be expected. There seems to be a, uh, I don't know, a fixation on the part of uh, a part of the uh, neoliberal Democrats. I don't know why they should have this. Hillary Clinton uh, certainly, to me, uh, Hillary Clinton is kind of a warmonger. 
maybe not as uh, outlandish as John Bolton, but uh, in her way, uh, she makes uh, she makes war seem much more palatable to a lot of uh, otherwise well-meaning people. And uh, so I would be very concerned, you know. I want to see Donald Trump out of office, too. The guy is just uh, really kind of, he's incompetent, he's a fool, he's a narcissist, plus having a very ugly personality. You know, it's, uh, but uh, to have Joe Biden take over with Susan Rice at his side, uh, pushing, uh, kind of poking the Russian bear, that is uh, a very dangerous uh, uh, outcome, I think. And so, but it seems to be what we are stuck with. It's, um, I think, it's very concerning. You know, one thing that I haven't talked about, and possibly because uh, no one talks about it, is the military budget we have. Uh, not too long ago. A military budget was passed, something like uh, $740 billion going to the Pentagon. And uh, that is not the entire amount. That's sort of the official budget. But uh, when you take all the add-ons and extras that are involved, the the U.S. spends about a trillion dollars a year on preparing or dealing with war. Now that is uh, no other. That is as much as the, sort of the rest of the world combined. But no one talks about it because the vote that uh, this this budget was passed by a very bipartisan vote. I think most of the Democrats voted in favor of it, along with uh, almost all the Republicans. I think all the Republicans except one voted for this. Uh, I am pleased to say that Oregon's two senators, uh, Ron Wyden and Jeff Merkley, both voted against it. So a tip of the hat to them. But uh, this outlandish military budget was voted by a bipartisan uh, consensus or whatever, and Democrats are very happy to uh, uh, vote a lot of you know, vote our money for war. And when you see all the uh, the things that need fixing in this country, and then you realize, and but they don't get fixed because uh, they say, where's the money? Who's going to pay for it? Well, <laughs> the money is over at the Pentagon if anybody had the uh, courage to go take it, you know, and vote it, uh, vote it away from the Pentagon into the things that need need doing uh, right here in this country so uh, but nobody talks about this this is sort of like the uh, proverbial elephant in the living room that this uh, we spend so much for war and by the way we seem to be losing wars everywhere uh, they, they don't lead to any outcome they just go on and on and on and uh, but nobody, no, nobody really talks about this and I think this is uh, it's a very sad situation. So I think to wrap up this show, it's getting uh, close to the end of the hour here. Is that uh, you know we 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 realize that uh, that Trump is such an obvious misfit in the White House, but we have to keep reminding ourselves that uh, uh, he was put in the White House according to America's political system. You know, he didn't just walk into the White House and take over. He was, uh, he played by the rules of our political game, and uh, that got him in the White House. Hillary Clinton actually got more votes than Donald Trump, but the uh, rules of our political game say that the votes that count are in the Electoral College. So it's very possible for a a person to be put in the White House who gets fewer votes than his or her opponent. And so this is, uh, this is our system. But still, we go around the world proclaiming that America's democracy is sort of the, the best in the world, and we, uh, you know, we kind of push other countries to uh, follow our example. And uh, it's really kind of crazy. If our example, if, 
if our system is that good, then how did it? Uh, why? Uh, why should we? Uh, why should the rest of the world emulate a country that puts a a clown like Donald Trump into the White House? It kind of it doesn't it doesn't add up. It's a huge uh, contradiction here that. Uh, you know, we proclaim that our democracy is best, but then you look at uh, who's sitting in the White House, who might very possibly get reelected. Who knows? And here's this uh, fool. <laughs> Would like to see his. Uh, he'd like to see his face up there on Mount Rushmore. <laughs> well, this is just kind of. Uh, this is so outlandish that uh, you know there's really nothing you can do but just sort of. Uh, <laughs> respond with a horrified laugh but uh, there we are this is uh, America's election 2020 and uh, I don't know where it's going to go from here but uh, it's uh, it does not it does not look very uh, very appetizing uh, but uh, who knows that, that the uh, the way that the way the cards fall, we may just wind up with a uh, a woman president in the White House, which normally would be a good thing. But if it's somebody like Susan Rice, I would sort of question the whole thing. I would sort of wonder. Uh, I would wonder about that. But uh, time is up. I thank you for listening. This has been uh, actually this has been Press Watch. I've been filling in for Teresa Mitchell, and I expect that she will be back. Uh, next week with uh, the news you're not supposed to know. So thank you very you're much. You're listening to KBOO Portland. From Pacifica Radio.